We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and your coach, Brittany King, and I have a very, very, very special couple with me today. I am so excited to have this conversation. So as you know, if you've been listening in February, I am doing a big focus on relationships, relationship without self, but also relationship a romantic relationship with your partner. So I can't wait to bring this topic to you because I've never talked about this on my show before, and I cannot wait to learn from this amazing couple. So please help me welcome to the show, Aaron and Jocelyn Freeman. Hello. Hey, guys. Yeah. Seems like there should be some sort of like applause music. I know. I that. feel like, yeah, I need to like, well, once I get really tech savvy, I'll have like sound effects. Nice. I am so glad you guys are here. This is a topic that I've always wanted to bring to the show. And I was really waiting for the right people to do that. And when, when Jocelyn reached out to me, I was like, absolutely. I don't even think I read the full message. I just was like, yes, <laughs> let's go. And we go way back. I mean, there's a common theme with my show. Like a lot of my guests I know through either Lululemon or the Madison, and there's just that like attracts like um, energy with it. So I am just so excited that we get to jam out about all things relationship with you guys. So how are we doing? You guys good? Oh, we're so excited for this. Con- we want to hear the insightful questions that you have. Well, we will get it flowing. So, well, first I want you guys to just give your, give my audience an opportunity to hear who you are, what you're about, why we're here, and then we'll get into it. Cool. Well, before we go into the, like, here's what we've done and here's why we're cool accolades, right? Like the highlight reel, just to really even bring it down to what drives us doing this work. We had two completely different upbringings around marriage and relationships. Aaron watched his parents like have a very like peaceful, loving home, very faith-based, never saw them have a disagreement. The, the moment that emotion was arising, he saw his dad just kind of get quiet and leave the room. So he never was really exposed to like, how do you have hard conversations and how do you share emotion? Whereas I grew up similar to you, where my parents went from being madly in love, best friends, people envied their relationship to divorce court, cops called really intense divorce. And that planted a seed in my mind where I'm like, how is that possible? How do you go from being that in love to kind of hating each other? So fast forward, when we get together, we did our own work in our relationship, kind of looking at what our beliefs were about relationships, what our patterns were. And really what we saw in society was there's so much emphasis on either the getting married stage or counseling once you're in crisis. And we thought, guys, what about something in between? Mm. What about something like learning skills, you know, uh, proactively wanting to acquire things for your relationship? And so we created that. And that's what we do. We have been for years. We've, you know, all the quote unquote cool things. We've had over 44 couples workshops and events. We've reached 800,000 couples with our like online teachings and resources that we have. And we coach, mentor, lead workshops, have our book coming out, The Argument Hangover. So those are all the kind of quote unquote cool things that have come out of it. But we like to share where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because it is like 
all about being preventative and proactive. It's like, why do we have to get to that point where it's like crisis control? Like, I love the idea of that space. And I think that's why coaching in general is so powerful is like we as coaches help before it gets to crisis mode. And it's so important in relationships. And uh, I think it's so cool that you have both such different um, backgrounds in it and how you've come together and created something that is so necessary. So do you feel like there's a lot of pressure since you're like a relationship like power couple that's coaching other uh, couples on relationships and communication? Do you feel that pressure or do you just use all these tools to help you kind of work through that? I mean, I don't feel any pressure anymore. You know, maybe in the beginning when you put yourself out there as an expert, but really what that allowed us to do is to get into so many conversations Mm -hmm. that we're clear that you don't deal with that many different things. There's really just some missing of skills. So I don't know. We've had so many conversations and literally, I mean, I'm glad that we see our relationship as the practice field. Mm -hmm. It actually helps us overcome challenges so much faster because often we can say, oh, you know what? This actually probably isn't for us. And it always happens that way. When we maybe go through something and learn a new way to see it or a new skill, I, I can tell you two days or a week later, someone comes to us dealing with the exact same thing. So when you give your life to something like that, it has this aspirational feel to it. And no, I don't feel any pressure just because we've had so many conversations. I got one liner. Okay. Because this is important because you're a coach and I know a lot of entrepreneurial women follow you. The difference between knowledge and wisdom is experience. And so people can feel from us that we don't just know these topics. We have experienced them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that gives me, I have like chills right now. That gives me total full body chills because it is like you're a living, breathing example of it. And I agree with you, Aaron, like I'll have a week where I'm experiencing something and working through something. And then then like the next day I have a client that has a very similar problem and I'm like, but like, it's so, it's so crazy how that happens, but it's like, you feel so confident being like, Oh, let me walk you through this. And that's why I love coaching. Yeah. It's not like I'm an expert over here telling you what to do. It's like, no, I'm like walking along this path with you and I'm going to like guide you along the way. So I love that literally, as you were saying, and I had chills all over my body and that's how I always know that's like, so true. That's how you so, know it's positively real. Yeah, that's how you know it's positively <laughs> real. <laughs> Okay. So let's get into it. Cause today we're going to talk about communication. And I like, you know, when I was thinking and prepping for this interview, it's like, these are not things that we learn. Like I did, uh, my major in college was communication like at first. And I had no, I, I was way ahead of my time. Now going back, I totally would have like really done those courses, but in college I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And now it's funny because here we are, but it is not something that we learn. And I think it's so important to talk about like communication is not a one size fits all. And sometimes we think like from my experience that if I'm not communicating, there's something wrong with me or I've done something wrong. So let's get into that because I know that you have a whole teaching on it and I want to touch on it. Yeah. Well, interestingly, we very know very little about communication as human beings. What we know a lot is talking a lot. Oh, I can say a lot of words. And when my partner and I disagree, we tend to say words at each other. So number one, we have to remember what communication really is, which is being able to understand each other. And that's really what you want to make the goal of communication. Now there's so many nuances to it. And I want to even share about like the four communication personality types, but do you want to share 
anything about communication in general? I mean, you're already on the roll. There's so much more to do with listening than talking mm-hmm. in communication. Yeah. Like listening is a huge piece of it. Okay. Here's what's interesting. Cause people see these memes online, right? Like communication is the key to a relationship and all those things. And we all know that, but knowing that makes no difference. Mm-hmm. And also there really are different styles of communication. And we see a lot of romantic partners get frustrated with each other, especially I'm sure a lot of you listening because you're getting empowered. You're listening to people like Brittany, you're stepping more and more into your assertiveness Mm. and speaking your voice and speaking up. And you might be with a partner that's more reserved meaning they take more time to process their thoughts and emotions and they maybe don't bring things up right away. And perhaps they even just have a full-blown difficult time confronting conflict at all. Mm -hmm. And so there are actually four communication personality types that I know you'll share about this later, but in our book, The Argument Hangover, we go into, and here's what's really interesting. We got off a call literally right before this where they, they're a married couple and they have been experiencing a lot of tension, power struggles. And in a way she kind of judged his more reservedness and she would become more dominant mm. because he was so reserved. So what I want to just encourage, cause we could talk about this for about an hour, but for those of you who do fall into the more assertive type, what I would encourage you to do is invite the more reserved partner to share first. Give them the space to share, ask them open-ended questions. And here's something that really helped because Aaron falls into the reserve type Mm -hmm. is I give him a heads up when there's something that I want to talk about. So I don't blindside him. So I know I riffed for a little bit. Do you want to jump in on any of that? I'll see what Brittany has from all that. We don't want to jump into too much. (laughs) Well, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot that you just said that I'm like, that makes so much sense. And I'm curious about what you think about, you know, masculine, feminine women, you know, women are more, they're, they talk about their feelings more. Like we're way more open about our feelings. And I feel like, um, guys don't necessarily, they haven't had that space. Is that, is that what you find why they become more reserved when it comes to being like, and having a conversation or communicating? I mean, it's a great point you bring up, right? Because I'm sure you talk about, we all have masculine and feminine within us. And so I think one of the things on progressing as a self-realized person is to come to a balance within yourself of your masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. I think for most of us men, and I, do have a place to speak from because <laughs> I, I am a man. And I, I just really think for such a long time, emotions were seen as, you know, some sort of weakness. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, it is vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? But if you follow like Brene Brown, it's like vulnerability can become a strength. It's just that it's not cultivated. You know, when we play, when men play sports or with our parents, we start to share something that is vulnerable to us. It's usually, you know, push down, don't share that, stop crying, sit down, we'll handle that at home. So we're just sort of conditioned to not bring it up. Mm -hmm. And then so all of a sudden, I think it just feels unsafe. Mm. So I think that's been the primary thing is that for a lot of us men are conditioned that if we bring up our emotion, the way people have responded to that throughout our life makes it seem like it's unsafe to do that, which in most cases, that's how it is. Again, like I said, sit down, don't talk about it, get up. Even if you're, you know, even if your knee is bleeding, don't cry, don't be, don't be weak. Yeah. So 
I think that's where it comes from. And then when you get into a relationship, right, the idea is that for most of us men, you're supposed to hold some sort of strength. So in your mind, it just makes sense. Well, I'm supposed to be strong. And so as I've learned, if I bring up emotion, that's unsafe. So I just don't really share them. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. I think it, it is that conditioning. And I think there's a paradigm shift there. I, I can feel that it is shifting. And it's like, because of the, you know, the work of Brene Brown and so many other leaders in that field, it's like being able to identify with the emotion because the emotions drive the actions one way or another. So it's mm-hmm. like being able to be in tune with that. And it's so important within a relationship. So I just thought of something, actually. Do you mind if I share yeah, it? No, go ahead. I'm just really feeling strong for the men out there. So sometimes, and we talk to a lot of couples, you know, the one partner will say, well, you're too emotional, right? You, you overly share your emotions. So here's, here's the thing for me. You, you want to get to a place where you can share your emotion regardless of what the response or reaction is. I think that's really the main place to be. So even all that I said, you don't want to now as one partner or a male bring up all of your emotions and then have it be based on how your, your partner responds to it. Mm-hmm. If I could just hold the space and I share my emotion and I let Jocelyn be with whatever the reaction or response is, that's a really powerful place to be. Mm. Okay. So love that. So how do you get to that place oh. <laughs> for like the more reserved partner or the more assertive part? Cause I, one thing I, I, both, both. I want to yeah. hear both. One thing I will share, cause I love what you said at the end of one of your statements about if your partner hasn't made, like responded in a way that didn't make you feel safe. Mm. And unfortunately, when I see a lot of women in relationships who happen to be with a more reserved partner, male, female, you know, cause the, it can really be within both genders is they will get defensive about what's said. And then in that defensiveness and interrupting them and taking it the wrong way, they then make it about them. So now I'm upset because you just shared your emotion, but underneath it, I actually want you to share the emotion, right? So it's like an interesting paradox in that way. (laughs) And so as the partner that is more assertive with a more reserved partner, you want to make sure you're not getting defensive when they do share their emotion, which I know is very challenging, Uh but listen to it as their experience. And when you do that, they will more, we talk about unlearning, Mm -hmm. unlearning that it's not safe to share your emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't open up in this way. Mm-hmm. Anything you'd share from your perspective? Yeah, two tips I can think of. One, if you start with your positive intent for that conversation. Mm-hmm. So though I might be feeling a lot of emotion, I might say to Jocelyn, hey, I want to have a conversation with you. And my intent is that we both feel more understood and more connected. Mm-hmm. So you start with a positive intent. Now I'm free to say, and how I've really been feeling is... Mm-hmm disrespected, or I feel disregarded, I feel invalidated, right? So if you start with a positive intent, all of a sudden, like that's where we're going. And that has you stay on the same team, though, you're going to enter into more of a emotional or, or harder conversation. And the second thing I thought of was, you can actually request for how you want your partner to listen. Mm-hmm. So again, like how this script might actually sound. Hey, my intent is that we feel more connected and we both feel understood. And right now, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like invalidated and, and not really heard. But right now, can you just listen to hear me out? Mm. 
yeah, I can do that. I can just listen. So you can request. Sometimes you might say, hey, can you just listen? Like, I just need to empty this out. Mm. You can also come to your partner and say, I'm actually looking for feedback right now. So that would be two ways you can kind of ask your partner for how you would like them to listen. And then last thing for me, even if I say to Jocelyn, hey, I just really need you to listen right now. By the time I get all the way to the end and she's like, yeah, yeah, I hear you and validates me. I pause and I'm like, well, now what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like that almost like an invitation after, mm -hmm. after you feel heard and validated. So, you know, with that, you know, I'm, I'm so curious about what you think, you know, in a relationship, we often like put so much pressure on the other person to make us feel better. Like you make me so happy when you do that. I'm so happy, but like really though, like who's responsible for our happiness? Like, mm -hmm. right. Like, I mean, and I've been doing this work on myself for so long. It's like no one outside of me is really responsible for that. It's the way I think about it. So how do you coach couples on that, like not putting all of your happiness and joy based off of someone else, like your partner's behavior. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of a transformative focus to really realize. And that's where we actually spend time every single morning, just either meditating, journaling, listening to something. So before we even get into work mode with each other, or even just trying to connect a lot and have a conversation, we make sure that we've really connected with ourselves. Mm -hmm. I call like, there's times where I'm self-soothing. I'm actually asking, how are you? What are you feeling, Jocelyn? And so that I'm not if I wake up and let's say I'm dealing with something, I'm feeling something. If I didn't take that time for myself, talking to myself, asking myself how I'm feeling, I would then be kind of like needing him to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that I don't open up and share with him. And that's one thing that I love mm -hmm. what you said is I do sometimes go to him, like, be like, Hey, I'm, I'm really kind of feeling trapped in a certain emotion or a thought. I would love it if you would just mm -hmm. listen, mm -hmm. but I have trained myself through the years to realize that even after he listens to me, even after he maybe says something that's really beautiful or really helpful, I still am responsible for me using my practices, my habits to make me happy. And so we've really trained ourselves within the relationship to have a strong relationship to our source, mm -hmm. meditation, exercise, writing. We just have built the muscle of 100% responsibility within the relationship. Mm. And that is exactly why we were chatting today. That is like so aligned and speaking my language because it is the relationship with ourselves that allows you to really fully be in the relationship with the other. And I think having those practices, having those habits, those daily routine things that you do just for you, not only help yourself, but it impacts everyone around you. So I love that, that that's such a big part of it is like having that for you. So then you can really like be in that space with your partner. Mm -hmm. I love that. So I, I kind of want to circle back because you were talking about like kind of like a script. So you had, you mentioned positive intent and I love that. Just like having some key anchor phrases to just, because I think that's the hardest part or something that I've noticed is like not knowing how to start like mm -hmm. the conversation. So I like to think of it as compassionate confrontation of like, okay, how can I, how can I start this from a place of love, but having the experience that I did as, as a child, seeing my parents have 
terrible fights and arguments and associating fighting with divorce. I can feel my little inner child when I want to talk about conflict, like want to hide and curl up in a ball. Cause I don't want to get a divorce. Like I can like feel that. So tell me a little bit more about like having those key phrases in place. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd even say before that I would encourage people to reflect first. So sometimes people don't do that pre-reflection before they bring up a quote unquote hard conversation or something they're afraid might trigger something in their partner. Mm -hmm. And so spend more time for everyone listening, reflecting on what are you afraid would be said? And why is that something you're afraid of? And Mm -hmm. where does this communication come from? Is it coming from an expectation you have? Is it coming from a fear? Is it coming from an unrealistic expectation? So when you do that pre-reflection and we'd even say part of what we would do is we even reflect on our shadows, which is a completely different other conversation that comes from gene keys, Mm -hmm. like reflecting on like what shadow is coming up in me right now. Mm -hmm. Then we come to the conversation, not like, I have to get all this out on you because I need you to sort this out for me. It's more like you've done some pre-reflection and now you're coming to just take it deeper and knowing like when you start with the positive intent, it's you're ideally setting it up with, I'm committed that from this conversation, we get closer, that Mm -hmm. we understand each other better. But I find people don't do a lot of that pre-reflection before the conversations. Anything you would add to? Oh, well, just kind of going to the idea of conflict. I think most people avoid it because the way that it's approached immediately puts you against your partner. And we talk about healthy conflict is having the things to say, the right questions to ask, even changing your perception of conflict such that you're on the same side looking at the challenge, even if the challenge is not feeling connected, if the challenge in a sense is not feeling desired intimately, you can still have that conflict, but by having you both on the same side, looking at the challenge of bringing you more intimacy or being more connected, that changes the whole way you would feel about conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like looking at, yeah, what you want, like the outcome to be both of you. Mm -hmm. So tell me, so we kind of touched on the four communication types. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. Tell me like what those are. And I want to get into like, how do you get your partner to open up um, if they are more reserved? Mm-hmm. So the four types. Oh, I'll go, go with ahead. the types. Okay, go. Ahead. I like them. The reserve one <laughs> being more assertive, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> the four types are on two scales. You have the assertive, and then you have the flexible to inflexible. So assertive to reserve, flexible to inflexible. And uh, we say the assertive, as Jocelyn said, is not just talking a lot. Assertiveness is your openness and willingness to proactively communicate your needs, your fears, your desires, and your wants. Mm -hmm. And then on the flexibility to inflexibility, it's your openness and willingness. See how there's a common thread there Mm -hmm. to actually adjust your view, your perspective, your actions and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And on those scales, you can then have the assertive inflexible, Mm -hmm. the assertive flexible, the reserved inflexible, and the reserved flexible type. Okay. So could you kind of like, you can kind of slide around because like, could you have a com- like a, a communication and then you feel, you feel like um, 
you know, defensive, but then all of a sudden you like shift into a more flexible viewpoint. Good question. So yes, because we're dynamic human beings, right? right? Like we are not fixed in one way all the time. What we recommend to people when they are reading about the four communication personality types is to identify your most common tendency. Okay. Where do you typically, typically fall, especially when you are maybe triggered or when something's uncomfortable, what do you tend to default to? And Mm -hmm. so of course, for those of you listening who are practicing being more mindful, being more aware, you may be able to catch yourself and go, oh, okay, I'm being more reserved right now. I could be more assertive. So Mm -hmm. the more conscious we are, of course, we can kind of shift ourselves Mm -hmm. on the spectrum because it really is a spectrum. When, When we really want people to think about this too is when you're unconscious, What do you default to, right? Which at the end of a day, when you're exhausted, you had a tough day or you just got home or something and you aren't consciously responding, you're more unconsciously reacting to something, then which category do you fall into? Mm -hmm. Do you have any journal prompt or questions that someone could kind of look upon to get to, to see where they default to, especially if it's like unconscious and maybe don't have the awareness of what, you know, how your communication style is. Do you have any questions like that? I wouldn't say so much as like, I mean, I could come up with some journaling ones. We do have a quiz coming, which will be cool for people to be able to take. Oh, it's um, in the book. Yeah. There is a self-assessment in the book. Actually, people can go through the questions. It, they're too long to kind of give the prompts specifically okay. in a journal format. Cause there's actually like multiple answers that could come from it. Uh-huh. But because of the definition that Aaron gave about assertiveness, what I would ask your, you, the listener ask yourself is how open And willing am I to proactively share Mm -hmm. my thoughts, my needs, my fears, my desires. And that word proactive is really key Mm -hmm. because people kind of go, oh, I'm assertive. I tell someone when I'm upset, right? I tell my partner when they did something right, but that's more Mm -hmm. reactive assertiveness, right? So truly being assertive is before it's even a challenge before, or the moment you identify that you had some kind of an expectation that you didn't vocalize, it's then sharing it before it's become a frustration. And that's where a lot of people then identify in their journaling. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm more reactively assertive then what keeps me from being proactive? Mm-hmm. Am I afraid of being turned down? Mm-hmm. Am I afraid of my partner's reaction? Am I afraid that my partner will reject me? I mean, it brings up a lot of primal fears around like, are they going to think I'm needy? Will they not find me as attractive? You know, like all these things, fear of abandonment. Like there can be a lot that comes up where people wait till it's already a problem to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes so much sense. So it's like just being able to be in that space with yourself of like paying attention to what does come up. Because even as you were going through all the primal fears, I was like, yep. Yeah. Like I can like think back of like, yeah, especially with the, what I grew up with. Like I, that was like exactly what came up as you were talking about, like the fear of abandonment or not being, you know, being rejected. So how do you work through that piece? Mm -hmm. I mean, number one, journaling about it. Like, so, like I said, we have a morning practice. So I, I really do look at my patterns. I really look at how I'm showing up in the relationship. We see our relationship as the place for transformation. Mm -hmm. It is within the relationship that we see ourselves 
Aaron is mirroring to me my patterns. Mm -hmm. So in that reflection, and then we also have created the type of relationship where we can offer feedback to each other, Mm -hmm. but we do it in a very purposeful, intentional way to where we have conversations on the weekend. We drink ceremonial cacao and we would share with each other things that we're you know, experiencing within the relationship to give each other that feedback, but we've also developed that safe space. Right. So like, and that sounds like it's something that develops and grows over time as you nurture it. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea of it, like being like this, like that space is like where the transformation is. So cool. So, you know, you mentioned your new book that's coming out, The Argument Hangover. And so it, are the communication styles, do you dive deeper into that in your book? Tell me a little oh, yeah. bit about it. Okay. The book, we packed a lot in there, like not in an overwhelming way, but in a sense that this is not a book where you just get cheesy one-liners, like go on more dates, you know, communication is key. Like we actually tell you how to be better communicators. We give prompts, we give scripts, even like bringing up hard conversations. We go into emotional triggers. And then to your question, the four communication personality types, we have visuals, we have a breakdown (laughs) of all of them. We have the self-assessment so you can see where you truly fall. And so the argument hangover is a really powerfully packed book with things that you actually can implement. That's one thing that we get feedback from people on who follow us on social media, read our content is that we actually do think sometimes people go, are you watching me? Like, how do you know that this is happening in my relationship? And so we do very, very practical in the moment, day-to-day things that couples bump up against. And so you'll get a lot out of the argument hangover and we have some cool bonuses that people can get. Well, I had just thought of something else, though. It does seem whether it's our podcast topic or in the book, you know, when people say, how did like, how did you know, are you stalking us? It just should tell you that though it seems you're the only one that's experiencing it or it's so unique to you, it's just not the case. Like the reason why it does seem like that we've had so many conversations and we could tell you like, basically we're all experiencing the same base few things. And so it's like, oh my gosh, it's so true. It's like, <laughs> I hate to break it to you. We're not that special. <laughs> like our, our problems, our issues, they're not that, they're not that unique. We kind of all experience them on, on different scales. So it is so true. I love that you said that. Cause I've noticed that too, with coaching, you know, the longer that you're in it, the more patterns and, and similarities you realize and you're like, wow, it's really just a few core things that we are constantly talking about and and going over um, each time. So I love that you brought that up. So good. Um, But then to Jocelyn's point, so still pre-order probably when this launches on your podcast. So what we're doing is actually offering like $200 worth of bonuses. We filmed a mini course on the argument hangover that goes over the three stages of emotional triggers, seeing conflict differently, the five R's to repair from a conflict, as well as a 90 minute training that we filmed and even a debrief from conflict workbook. Uh, so you can get all that for anyone that pre-orders. You just go to the argumenthangover.com. You could choose your retailer, but come back and put your receipt number in and you can get access to all those bonuses. And I think one thing I thought to say to your point How do we really start to make this kind of difference? Well, if you get into a disagreement, it's great to actually debrief from it. Mm -hmm. So like come back together and say, okay, where was I triggered? And maybe we go into this more into your part two, but to actually debrief from an argument and like break it down is going to show you how to move forward from that in the future. Oh my gosh. 
Yes. And we will a hundred percent talk about that in part two. And I'm already going to pre-order your guys' book. I'm so <laughs> here for it. Uh, there's just so many different layers and levels that are so important for just obviously, you know, romantic relationships, but just all relationships in general. And I think that um, this work is so necessary and so needed. You know, I grew up with a divorced family and I, that was just all I knew. But as I've gotten older, I've like seen these patterns. I'm like, this doesn't have to be this way. Like it just, you know, I think that what you're doing is so amazing and so worthy and it's so necessary. So thank you both so much for, for creating this space for couples to come together and really learn about themselves and learn about understanding each other, because you're right. We do a lot of talking, but not <laughs> enough listening. So thank you both so much for this amazing part one. I cannot wait for part two. Um, where can people find you? Well, we're super social on Instagram. We're meet underscore the Freemans on Instagram. We respond to all the DMS. We have, a, we post a lot of different great graphics and resources in there. And then of course our website is also meet the Freemans. So Instagram and website meet the Freemans. And then really the best thing it, besides Instagram is going to our book, the argument Amazing. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Thank you both so much. Thank you for having us. Of course. All right. How about that juicy conversation? I hope that you enjoyed it. There is so much to digest. If you have any key takeaways, please share it with us. I would love to know. I absolutely love this topic. I love talking about relationships. And you can kind of start to see how your relationship with yourself ties into your relationship with your partner and beyond your partner every relationship in your life. So if you start to work on that relationship with yourself, you will be amazed at the relationships around you, how those start to transform. So, so good, my friend. If you need anything at all, please don't hesitate to reach out. I got a couple coaching spots that are coming up, opening up in availability in March. So send me a message. I would love to hop on a discovery call with you uh, to see how I can help you achieve your goals. All right, my friend. I hope you have a beautiful day. Until next time, remember to love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend. 